You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. I'm Gordon Damer, in for Dave on this Saturday, June 25th. I think it's the 25th. June flying by. I mean, does June fly by or what? Summer is here. July 4th is right around the corner. I've said it many times. When you're a kid, July 4th is the start of the summer. The whole summer is in front of you. When you're an adult, July 4th happens, you blink, and it's Labor Day. And, of course, Labor Day, then you know that football is right around the corner. But big Saturday show lined up for you today. Of course, the number you know. Of course, 1-800-919-ESPN. That is the telephone number. You can find me on Twitter, at Gordon Damer, on Instagram, at Gordon Damer, and most importantly, on TikTok. I believe I'm the only active member of the uh, station that is on TikTok. And uh, a new social media platform for you to completely mm. ignore me. Is that what the TikTok sound is? What is that? I'm not sure. Maybe that was just a mishit there. I'm not sure. I don't know what the TikTok has. No, that sound. was actually Chris Carlin. I believe he has TikTok, Oh, too. does he really? Oh, okay. Well, but Chris, it, I'm sure, has far more followers. He's far more successful. There can only be one, right? Exactly. Um, but if you want to follow me on TikTok, you can find me on uh, there at Old Man Radio. But most importantly, outside of all of this, you can find me on your radio right here until noon today, filling in for Dave. And we have so much to get into. We have the Aaron Judge situation. His arbitration drama is over. Oh my God. Is it me? Or did it feel like some people in the media were so disappointed it ended without any punches being thrown? I mean, with the way it was being described, I thought there was going to be pistols drawn at 10 paces. I mean, look at that. They worked out a deal. One side wanted one thing. One side wanted another thing. Eh, they kind of met in the middle. They worked out a deal. Everybody goes on there. Wow, what a shock. You got the Mets chugging along. You got the whole Kyrie Irving situation with the Nets. But, you know, I actually wanted to start today with the Knicks because you had the draft on Thursday night. Yes, bing bong. Yeah, the draft on Thursday night. Larry and I don't have a show on Friday night. So we have, I haven't had a chance to really talk about it on the radio uh, about what the Knicks did, what the Knicks' plan is, what the offseason looks like. And you really have to leave it to the Knicks. Middle of June, you have the Nets who are just an imploding disaster. Here you have draft night, some excitement in the air, an offseason that you think to yourself, well, look, the Knicks offseason, I don't know where it's going to go. But it's got to be better than last offseason. And then you get to draft night. Knicks having the 11th pick. Plenty of rumors in the... Are the Knicks going to trade up? Are they going to get Jaden Ivey? And then the draft starts. It starts moving along. You get the first couple of picks. You get to number five. Jaden Ivey's off the board. But then you hear reports. Well, the Knicks are not out on Just because he's been drafted, there's still possibility of a deal. Then you get to the 11th pick. Oh, no, the Knicks are trading the, the whoever they took at that 11th pick. They're trading him to Oklahoma City. I don't even remember the guy's name at this point. I know it was like Lou Aldang, but it's not Lou Aldang. Um, the Knicks picking 13th. That, that pick goes to Detroit along with Kemba Walker. And you're thinking there, you're sitting, all right, all right. So, uh, you know, it's very confusing. It's happening so fast. It's flying by. Okay, so where are the Knicks picking now? Oh, they're not picking. Oh, interesting. And then it starts to become clear that the Knicks are clearing out salary cap space to make a run in free agency. And it doesn't take a genius to kind of put the pieces together, and the reports are there, 
that the reason why the Knicks are making these moves to clear out cap space is to go get Jalen Brunson. Obviously, Rick Brunson, former Nick, now part of the Knicks front office. Jalen Brunson's former agent is Leon Rose. I believe his current agent is Leon Rose's son. So there's certain, there are plenty of connections there. And just to kind of let's take a long-term view here of the Knicks before we get down to the nitty-gritty and take your phone calls at 1-800-919-ESPN. The first thing you wanted to see this offseason with the Knicks, the goal of the offseason for me was, hey, I wonder, I really want to get a look at what the plan is, right? Like, let me, let me see what direction the Knicks are going in. Because the first year, I wasn't all that crazy about the plan, but it worked, right? Knicks t- turn out to have an amazing, surprising season. They get into the playoffs. They're the fourth seed, and it ends. Okay, great. And then last year, the offseason wasn't a giant fan of the moves that they made, but based on how the first season went, you think, well, you know what? You got to have a little bit of faith. Well, that 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 faith from last offseason, that got dissipated very quickly because the moves that the Knicks made last offseason were outright disasters. And going into this season, this offseason, you want to see, okay, what's the direction they're going to go? And I think we got a little look at the plan on Thursday night. And I got to be honest, not feeling all that great. And there's actually a very uh, brilliantly funny movie. Per- it's, it's one of those perfect kind of movies. It's called Shaun of the Dead. And it's a zombie apocalypse comedy. And there's a scene in the movie where the guy Shaun is fiddling around with a fuse box to get the lights working in the bar where they're at. And he flips a switch at one point. And the lights go on in the room that he is in. And it reveals the door behind him is just stacked with zombies, like waiting to get in as far as the eye can see. And his reaction to that you know, piece of information is he turns off the light, pulls down the shade to the door, and pretends he did not see it. I, that's kind of how I feel about seeing the Knicks plan now. That going into this offseason, at, at the very least, you thought, all right, th- there's got to be a path forward here where the Knicks take some steps forward. And look, if it does turn out that they are able to clear enough cap space to go out and get Jalen Brunson, I guess that is a move to make. I like him as a player. But it seems like the Knicks are hell-bent, come hell or high water, that they are going to get Jalen Brunson and pay him whatever it takes. Which I'm not really a big fan of that. Because the Knicks are not one player away, and if they were one player away, that one player would not be Jalen Brunson. So you might say, well, you know, what do you, what do you care about how much they pay him? Well, it's a cap sport. If you're paying one person this much money, it means you can't spend that much money on other things. So it doesn't feel like this Knicks plan... Going into this offseason is, is all that appealing because it seems like that they're content on getting a team that's good enough to make the playoffs and then see what happens. And we've kind of seen in the past, that's a terrible plan. Just simply saying to yourself, well, let's just see if we can just kind of work our way into the playoffs and then see what happens. Well, we've seen what happened. The Knicks have tried this plan many times before. It's not a successful plan. It's, it's never worked. It, there's a reason why the Knicks have won one playoff series in basically two decades. 
And in the NBA, you know, there's different ways to build teams in sports, but there's certain things that, you know, kind of are, are, are universal. If you're signing a free agent, the point is to get more value out of that player than the cost it takes to get that player. Like, it would be one thing, oh, you know, just, just sign him to whatever. No, that does not work because if you're spending that money on one guy, you're not going to be able to get value across the rest of your roster. So in the NBA, being capped out without any real superstars, that is a plan that is destined to fail. And it certainly seems like that is the uh, the, the make-or-break move that the Knicks are going to make this offseason. Now, maybe that does not turn out to be the case. Maybe no matter how much cap space the Knicks are able to um, to clear, they will not be, you know, Jalen Brunson might say, you know what, it's better for me to go back to Dallas. It's a, it's a better winning situation. I know what I have there as opposed to going someplace else. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what the, the, the actual plan is when the deals are made. But I got to be honest, it's kind of hard, and I said this on Draft Night on Twitter, it's kind of hard to feel all that excited about the Knicks' newfound cap space when the way that they made that cap space is to deal away their first-round pick as a way to get one of the things that they signed with the cap space last year off the roster. That doesn't make you feel... You know, it's one thing... If the regime that is currently running your favorite team has to clear out the past mistakes of the previous regime, it's not nearly as good as when the current regime is correcting the mistakes of the current regime. And it's not like, oh, well, these were mistakes that were made three, four years ago. It was tough to. No, these were ones that were made last year. And it feels like the Knicks are content on being one of those teams that has, you know, a more significant floor than maybe it was than before they got here. You'd have to say that, you know, like for all the criticism of Leon Rose, the Knicks have been better, far better than they were before he got here. But just because you the, the point should not be just to have a good floor. The point should be to kind of have a high ceiling. And if it does turn out that Jalen Brunson is the target and, and the Knicks are going to be, you know, essentially the same team as they have been the last couple of years with uh, Leon Rose and Tom Thibodeau, by adding Jalen Brunson, that is a team that does not have a high ceiling. That is a team that is, you know, essentially capped out without any superstars. And that plan is destined to fail. New York, we here. Yeah, well, they will be. You know, I, I saw Tommy Beer, who covers uh, the Knicks, and does such a great job uh, that he gave the numbers that if the Knicks are able to go out and get Jalen Brunson and spend all this money, they would be locked into uh, Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson for the next four years at about like two hundred and forty million dollars. <laughs> oh, whoo, whoo, yikes! Oh my goodness! Like I, I don't understand. You know what like it's like to be a Nick fan? It's like sitting in a waiting room. And you're sitting in the waiting room and you're you're you know there's other there's other teams that are there and you're waiting for your number to be called. And you think eventually it's going to be my turn. But other people that are sitting next to you, they get called into the 
the, the next room before you. But you think, ah, you know, I just got to be patient. I just got to wait my turn. But then new people come into the waiting room and their number gets called before your number gets called. And sometimes those people who came in after you, they get called, they leave, they come back, and then they get called again. And you're still, you're just still waiting there. And it feels like this plan for the Knicks is a rehashed plan. That we've seen this plan before, and it hasn't worked then. And while we don't know the specifics just yet, if it does turn out to be Jalen Brunson and spending a bunch of cap space on Jalen Brunson, who's a nice player, I like him. I don't think that he's you know, a guy that you break the bank for. If that's the plan moving forward... It gets the, I get the feeling that this plan is doomed to fail like the previous ones will as well. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. All right, so it is uh, Gordon Damer in for Dave. 1-800-919-ESPN is the uh, telephone number. We open the show talking a little Knicks, and uh, i got to be honest, I know the offseason has just begun, the NBA draft, much like the NFL draft. That's the time for hope. That's the time for fans uh, of bad teams to kind of get excited. Uh, But with the way that the draft went, not even not even picking someone, because I, I like, joked when the Knicks made that pick at 11 and they took the guy, whoever they took, um, I, I joked on Twitter that oh, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing this guy get completely ignored by Tom Thibodeau next season, right? Like, Obi Toppin was the eighth pick, and he, he doesn't play as much as the eighth pick would. But the 11th pick, who seemed like he was a little bit more of a project, uh, I didn't really expect to see him play a whole lot. But, you know, there's one narrative that I would like to dispel as quickly as possible. And it, it always kind of pops up when the Knicks do something that most observers realize it's not a good long-term move, but they'll always go to, well, you know, they, they, the front office has to make these kind of moves because Nick fans have no patience. You know, Nick fans, they have no patience. They want to win now all the time. They're not in position to win now. It takes time, and, and fans aren't going to wait. They're very impatient. They want to see results right away. It's been so long. They haven't won a championship in 50 years. They've only won one playoff series in 20 years. Nick fans are just so impatient that you really can't blame the front office for making these kind of win-now moves that don't really have a high ceiling. That is such crap. That is hot garbage. Nick fans are by far, it's not even close, the most loyal, reliable fan base, faithful in this town, by far. Nick, I mean, when the Knicks hired Tom Thibodeau, I would say the majority of Nick fans were disappointed because they wanted to see a proper rebuild. They wanted to see someone come in here. I don't know necessarily tank right away. I did, but they want to see it be built from the ground up. And they have no prop. Look, they're Nick fans, and what have they been sitting through? It's not like it's been great the, the last 20 years. And they've been patient through that. They're still Nick fit. Now, they're, they're, they're ticked off that the team is this bad. 
But when there was that very clear, it seemed like the, 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 the choice for head coach was either going to come down to Kenny Atkinson or Tom Thibodeau. And there's not a more stark contrast in two head coaches, right? Like Tom Thibodeau, you know, that's a win-now guy. If you're hiring Tom Thibodeau, it's not about three years from now. It's about taking what you can right now and trying to win, to grind every win. You know, taking blood from a stone if you have to, but win now. And Kenny Atkinson would have been more of, hey, let's take what we have and let's kind of develop it. And three years, maybe we'll be in a better spot, but there's no guarantees. Maybe there's not going to be a lot of winning in year one. It's going to take a little while. It's going to be a process. And the Knicks decided to go the Tom Thibodeau up. And look, I was not a fan of it at the time, but after year one, it worked. But if the Knicks had gone the other route, if the Knicks had tanked and, 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 and struggled for a couple of years, there's not a single Knicks fan. Now, they might have complained. Of course. Nobody likes going through the tough time. But they would have still been Knicks fans. Nobody's jumping off the band. Well, oh, I'm done with this team or anything. The Knicks fan has plenty of patience. But you have to actually have a plan in place. You actually have to put it in, into motion. They're not just going to sit back and just say, well, you know, we'll just, we'll just wait for whatever happens. No. They want to see some actual results. And it doesn't feel like that those were – and it really kind of feels like as great as year one was, it's starting to feel more and more like that might have been um, the worst thing that could have happened. Because if you're saying that you're now going to add Jalen Brunson to the mix here and, and think that that's going to take you from where you were last year to where you want to go, like some significant jump forward, um, I, I think you're kind of delusional. The, the team that the Knicks had last year – that's by far, that's far closer to the team that they are than year one. Year one was the aberration, but it seems like that the Nick front office thinks that year two was the aberration. And if somehow they can go out and, and add a point guard like Jalen Brunson or, I don't know, Malcolm Brogdon's name has been floated out there, that suddenly that's going to take them and push them forward to where they're more of a playoff team. Because i, I got to be honest with you, take a look at, at, at the East. I don't. Does Jalen Brunson make the Knicks that significantly better? Now you'd like to think that maybe R.J. Barrett continues to take another step forward in his in his progress. Maybe some of the younger guys take a step forward in their progress. That's another thing that I hate about the draft. Not drafting anybody. That's really where the the Leon Rose Knicks have done their best work is finding value, even in those later picks, Quentin Grimes or or, or Sims or, or quickly. And um, it doesn't really seem like that was a focus for them this year. So, um, yeah, I, I'm not a fan of the move. Even for those people, well, you know, they, they have so many extra picks. Did you see the conditions of those picks? It's the most outrageous. I mean, it's almost like somebody like the onion came up with the Well, it's lottery protected for this year and that year. And like you would think, all right, well, if we still haven't gotten the, the, the first round pick after seven years, we mu there must be really something good at the end of that. And then it turns out, well, no, if you haven't gotten it by then, then it turns into two second round. No, that's worse. That, that's by far worse. I don't want that. That's terrible. Ugh. Ugh. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Before we go to the phones, let's check in with our, our guy, Ty and Jake. Uh, now, guys, are, are, you, are you hanging in? I know Dave's not here today. He's not going to be here today. I can't, I can't give you any Dave today. Are, are you guys both hanging in okay in the studio? Yeah, it's, it's, it's troubling what's happening. 
Uh, but we're going to be fine. We're going to be able to make it. You, you're going to live. Yeah, yeah, we're going to live. And the Yankees, you know, lost the game last night, so we don't know how we're going to get through the day. But we joked before the show because there was actually a reporter in the post game the other night when the Yankees lost the game and asked, is this a bump in the road? We need to relax as Yankee fans. You know, it's a long season. We're going to lose one game every once in a while. So after an amazing comeback win with Aaron Hicks and the boys the other night, you know, a loss is going to happen. So, you know, no Dave, a Yankees lose kind of Saturday, but we're hanging in there, Gordon. Now, is this going to – now, first off, I'd like to point out, you know, you're saying Yankee fans have to relax. The Yankee fans are relaxed. Yeah, I think the, the media, are the, the, It wasn't a Yankee fan who asked that question. It was a media <laughs> member who asked that question. Well, we've but, had some callers say some pretty well, look, crazy things over the years. I, I love the callers. I, I do. Do you really? I do love them. Candidly. Because they provide entertainment. But Pick a Shidoka. Yeah, the, the, the reason they provide entertainment is because they're not really rational most of the time. Like, the best callers are the irrational people. <laughs> so I don't know necessarily that we should be using the callers as a judge for the fan base. Yes, I, you know I, what think, I'm saying? That, I, I, I think it's so like laughable when I hear people say, well, you know, why aren't Yankee fans enjoying this? Who are the Yankee fans that you're talking to that aren't I don't know. I'm this? not exactly sure. I, I think that, that if you went to Yankee Stadium today, let's say 4 o'clock after the game is over, and you asked everyone in the stands if they were enjoying the season, 97% of them, 98 99% of them would say yes, just but because of a few callers. I was at the stadium the other night, and my point is, you know, Litge came in, and a bunch of Yankee fans in my section were like, Litke stinks. And in my head, I'm like, no, if Litke was stink. on the Pirates, he would probably be their closer. You know, he yeah. just happens to be the worst player or pitcher in our roti- in our bullpen. Who are you? Are but our Yankee bullpen's fans? great. These people do not sound like Yankees. They might have had one too many, you know, Bud Lights. Yeah. But still, a lot of Yankee fans, for some reason, we do have people all the time saying, like, enjoy the ride. You need to enjoy the ride. That's I think most sure. Yankee fans are enjoying it, though. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I, it's like I made have up. not heard. Yeah, I, 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 I don't, I don't believe I'm saying this, but I kind of agree with Ty. I think Yankee fans are enjoying it just fine. And it's funny because because if they ever say anything at all, even like mild, you know what? Joey Gallo struck out again. Oh, the Yankee fans, you just can't please them. There's a reason why they're booing Joey Gallo. He stinks. Yeah, he's he stunk bad. for a full season now. He's been terrible. And to your point, when Aaron Hicks finally did something good, what happened? Well, they cheered. They cheered for him. Right, he, he of might course have had they did. The weirdest, That's how it works. He had it's the weirdest reaction ever, maybe, but they did cheer for him. So if you do good, crazy things happen and the fans will cheer. It's this, it, Jason Giambi was the first one I ever heard say it, and it's absolutely true. Fans boo because they want to cheer. And if you're doing poorly, yes, that's how it works. It's not, you know, for all the people who will say, well, you know, we shouldn't have been booing Aaron Hicks. No, you should have been booing Aaron Hicks. has been terrible yeah, for someone the Someone called into the show yesterday and said, well, I owe Aaron Hicks an apology. And I'm like, wait, no, you don't. You don't, no. you don't actually owe him an apology. He well, was bad. Well, it depends on what you've said. I don't know. You know, if you're saying that this guy stinks and he'll never be any good and I hate that, you know, if I hate him, I hate him. <laughs> I mean, that might be a bit strong. But to boo his performance when his performance has been terrible largely uh that's not that's not you know you don't know of an apology for that but i'm enjoying it uh, jake's enjoying it i know you're enjoying it loving it most I, yankee fans if uh, majority of yankee fans are enjoying this ride it, it's nothing to complain about you, you can go through the motions and it's historic it's something that we literally i've never seen like 98 i was only five I'm not not to make you feel oh old God. but i was only five years old when that season unfolded 
Um, so this is my 98 season. I, I, I don't want to get too ahead of myself. I'm not saying they're better or they're going to eclipse them win total-wise. But as we're going through it, this is what 98 must have felt like for you because I didn't yes. get a chance to, to fully endure that uh, yeah. as a five-year-old. Yeah. Well, I brought up the point last week that this season is the sequel to 1998. It's like the most preposterous sequel that we'll ever see. Like, 98 is a season that was so great. Like, no fan base deserves a season that ridiculous. I mean, it's like, it's outrageous how good. I mean, every single day they were basically winning games. And, and somehow the Yankees have, have matched that this year. So uh, it's been preposterous how good they've been. Uh, they, they will eventually lose some games. That does ha- They lost last night. Oh, my God. But even when they lose, it goes right down to the wire. So and it feels been- weird when they lose. It's it like, does. Wait, You're what? like, wait a second. This is, not, this is not the way this is supposed to go. <laughs> it's like, wait, that's weird. We just yeah. lost the game. But you guys are hanging in there even though. Now, will you reach out to Dave and call him just so you have your Dave fixed? I know you guys love working with Dave on Saturday. I'm just, I'm just happy there's nothing, that you, There's nothing that compares for you I'm guys. just happy that you enjoy listening to the show every Saturday. Because in I order for that. you to... Well, listen, if you have that opinion, it means you listen to us. No, and I, if you're no, listen, I, no, I talk to you. I know how much you guys love working with Dave. We never talk this. to you about Dave. We, like that listen, kind of party? We never actually mention Dave during our conversation. Oh, of course. Others might come up. No, Other you hosts. guys. No, I won't. But you guys will say, well, I was working with Dave and it was the best thing that I ever. You, you always Why wear pants to me. What's that? <laughs> Dave, Why wear pants? Right. Are you doing See? the show uh, in underwear right now? No, no I am doing it in my pajamas, though. There this is go. very early for me. This is like the crack of dawn for me. I'm, I'm so ingrained in working with Larry and. At night on ESPN New York tonight, it's fantastic. Oh, what a schedule it is. You get games, you have the games, you go talk about the games, and then you have, you know, the rest of the night to yourself a little bit. But this, this is very, very early. I don't know if I can make this adjustment. But so you guys will not reach out to Dave during the show? You promise that? We promise, man. We're all yours today. All right. No thinking about the X. 1-800, about the what? The X. What is that? Like the ex girlfriend. Oh, oh, the ex girlfriend. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. I thought you were talking about ex, like ecstasy. I'm like, wait a second. Is that why you're enjoying the show? Because you're. <laughs> this early at 9 30 a.m. Illegal drugs? At 9 30 a.m. Now bring that up at 9 30. You save that for much later in the night. <laughs> we're enjoying, we're enjoying Gordon Dame. ESPN, New York. All right, let's uh, get some phone calls in. 1 800 919 ESPN is the telephone number. And uh, Spike is in St. Pete. Spike, you're first up on the Dave Rothenberg Show. With Gordon well, good morning. Uh, my wife says, how come Gordon's on now? I had to go through the machinations of vacations. So right. uh, you're, you're popular in St. Petersburg. So he, here we go. This is, this is, uh, I know everybody who's a diehard Nick fan like we are. And when they, uh, let's pull someone out from France for the first pick. Can right. you imagine that? Unbelievable. Now here's what Such they're a history doing. Of success this is there. Yeah, a lot of history, a lot of bad history. Here's the way. I, I, I think this is a pretty simple what they're doing. They made cap space for free agents. And uh, I said to Ty, I said they'll wind up with a backcourt of, of Jalen Brunson and Malcolm Brogdon. Not exactly earth-shattering, not better than what they had. But uh, the Julius Randle part, uh, I, I spoke to Michael once this week, and I told him, and, you know, in physics, it's uh, the drag, it's called. And Julius Randle's a drag. Ty said he, he wasn't duped or fools like you and I and Larry and everybody else was about Julius Randle's year two years ago. 
Uh, I'd like to argue with him forever about that. Now, he has an edge because he's a Lakers fan. He saw Randall play there. But that was the biggest outlier. And I'm sure you agree because I've heard you say it. Yeah, of course. I mean, when when you're seven years into an NBA career and then you have a career year, as great as it was, and I'll be honest with you, I did kind of buy into the thought process that, you know, maybe he, he changed his work ethic because of his, te- you know, teaming up with Tibbs now for the first time, and he was taking it more seriously, and he was changing his body. But then we saw that that one season, as brilliant as it was, that was the outline. All the other seasons essentially looked the same outside of that one. Yeah, exactly. And and the odd part to me was, and, and this is from a financial standpoint, and I gave uh, Leon and Wes and, and the, the other guys plenty of credit. I said, don't fall for this. I know it was great. He was the seventh best player in the NBA. Don't give him a max deal. Make him do it again. And much to their, my chagrin, they wound up not giving him a max deal. That was the tip-off. And he ran to that thing, you know, like uh, chickens run from Colonel Sanders. Yeah. Well, we're in hindsight, am I right? Yeah. Oh, well, look. I mean, you had to you had to do something with his contract. I mean, he did he did deserve something. But the fact that they went as full bore and then he regressed to the same level that he was before that um, that um, I mean, the Knicks are kind of stuck with him now, right? I mean, that was another another contract that this regime has signed that you're kind of regretting now, and it's kind of it's an immovable deal, right? Like anytime that anytime you start looking around and saying, all right, how do the Knicks improve themselves? And it's not just a lateral move, right? Like there were, there were some deals that were floated during the regular season that you're talking about, maybe De'Aaron Fox for, for, for Randall lateral move. You know, it's at some point you have to get it to move forward. And I I just don't know how the Knicks move forward with, uh, if this is the plan moving forward with Jalen Brunson, Um, nice player. I like him. And if you're, if you're paying him, you know, something reasonable, um, that would be great. But when you're go- when the only path forward is to overpay someone to get them to come here, uh, that doesn't make me feel all that great. And, and when you think about, well, all right, well, what happens if Jalen Brunson goes back to Dallas and the Knicks have this cap space? Well, well, A, there's the possibility that they don't use the cap space on anybody. Or then there's B, they use it on someone else who's not even as good as Jalen Brunson. So, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of, uh, of just stockpiling assets where the assets are not even all that good. It, it's really kind of uh, misleading. All oh, you know, the Knicks have 11 draft number one picks in the next, what was it, seven years or something like that. Great. None of them are valuable. None of them. I mean, there's so many different. I, I got to find the, the list of caveats on all the different uh, the, the conditions on the Knicks getting those picks. And then if it turns out that they don't get those picks early, like the, 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 the Bucks pick, which I'm sure that they, they will end up getting. It'll be a late pick because they're going to be so good. But if they, for some reason, the Bucks, their pick ends in the top four, which is uh, obviously very unlikely. The pick just goes away. (laughs) The Knicks don't get anything. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. I bring people together. That's that's what I do. But it turns out that uh, people on Twitter have uh, mentioned to me that uh, it was just last week that Jake, you apparently swore an allegiance to uh, Dave Rothenberg over myself. 
All right, so here's the deal. Here's what happened. We all know Dave. Obviously, if you're listening to the show, you've right. probably listened to the Dave Rothenberg show right. before. You're very disappointed, much like Jake <laughs> and no, Ty are. we right love now. you, Gordon. Right. Okay. But Dave put me on the spot on air and mm-hmm. said, who do you like more? Because he knows that my two main guys are you and him. Mm-hmm. So he put me on air and said, who do I like more? So I said, I can't choose between those two people. And then he started yelling at me about it. And then I actually said, you know what? Gordon's never yelled at me, so I'm going to go with Gordon. And then we had a caller later on in the show say, you know, your producers are so ungrateful. You know, you work with a legend like Dave Rothenberg. Your producer, Jake, doesn't like working with you. And I said, when did I ever say I don't like working with Dave? He put me on the spot asking who I like more, which Dave seems to do a lot, putting people on the spot on air, which is great, but also uncomfortable. And that's what happened. So now we have people on Twitter saying that I said last week that I love Dave so much more. Well, if the company is working on a Saturday, please find that audio because it's not out there. It's just okay. non-existent. Now, let me ask you this. When you said last week that you liked working with me more, did Ty Butler interrupt you to kiss Dave's fanny well, and tell him that, no, I was- lo- but Dave, I still love you. <laughs> I still be- love working with you more, Dave. It would be tough for me to interrupt when I'm off. Celebrating my, my oh, son's that's the only reason birthday. why it did not happen. Okay, all right, interesting. <laughs> did you call? To, did you text Dave when this the, the the news got to you? No, too busy celebrating my son's first birthday to tune into the program. Oh, and that's beautiful. It's all, but, but but by the way, this all comes down to insecurity. Like Dave's mm-hmm. so insecure about himself, yes. he has to ask questions like that. Right, pitting host against each other, mm-hmm. uh, which is why he did. Well, no, that I don't think he was Dave. pitting host against each other. He doesn't care about me. He cares about you guys. He no. he wants sworn allegiance. He's like Scientology, Dave. Yeah, but he doesn't want anyone to love, and he doesn't want his producer to love anyone else more than they love him. So it, no, it's anybody kinda... else. No, you could have ended the sentence after anyone else. He <laughs> doesn't want anyone to love anyone else. It's weird. Not it's more weird because then when you ask who's your favorite producer, he's obviously not going to say Jake or Ty. So it's like a weird little relationship he has. but Who the hell are you? It's insecure. It's insecurities. I see. I see. Uh, now, Jake, I know that you – I don't know if we'll bring this up later, so let's get it out of the way now. This week, big week for you. Walk in the street. You got your new apartment. I'm not going to say where, but, you know, it's in the tri-state area. And you're walking the streets of Manhattan, and lo and behold, you uh, bump into the best closer in, I would have to say, baseball right now, certainly in New York – in Clay Holmes. How'd this happen, buddy? Yeah, so this was actually wild. So I'm walking to the grocery store a couple of days ago, mm-hmm. and I'm on the phone with my cousin wishing him a happy birthday, and I look up and I'm like, hey, cuz, I'm going to have to call you back. And just walking towards me, and if you go to my Twitter, at Jake Montgomery underscore, just trying to get some extra followers there, but the tweet did get over 4,000 likes, and it's just a photo of myself and Clay Holmes. I'm walking down the streets of Manhattan. I ran into him. He's an extremely nice guy. I told him I hope he kicks, you know, the Astros butt this weekend, but I also told him, you know, you're having an historical year, man. What you're doing, obviously Yankee fans are grateful. Again on Twitter, it got over 4,000 likes, and one thing that really surprised me is a lot of the main tweets besides a lot of Mets fans because the tweet did say when you walk to the grocery store and run into the best reliever in baseball. So a lot yeah. of Mets fans were like, that's not Edwin Diaz. But one thing that no, a lot of Yankee Clay fans Holmes <laughs> Clay Holmes has been phenomenal this year, but One thing that a lot of Yankee fans said to me that surprised me was, if I saw Clay Holmes on the street, I don't know if I would recognize him. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Well, the first thing is, if you look at the photo, I'm six foot, so I'm a tall guy. He makes me look like I'm five foot three. 
He's huge. He's not Aaron Judge, six foot seven, but he's six foot five. He's not so far off. He's not far off. So when you see a guy that big walking down the street, even if you don't know who he is, you can kind of be like, he probably does something. But I'm a diehard Yankees fan. How do you, if you're a diehard Yankees yeah, fan, how not, do you not know what Clay Holmes looks like? But he yeah. was extremely nice, and you can imagine the rest of my day, I had a huge smile on my face. Like I just randomly walked into Clay Holmes, arguably the best reliever in baseball. I don't even really know that it's arguable. I mean, he's had the best. Not you might say, well, he hasn't had the longest track record, but based on the, I mean, he gave up a run the other night. That was the first run he had given up since opening day. I mean, that's a that's a pretty long, that's he's a pretty been, long stretch. And when you're breaking, oh, not as Mar- long, it's yeah. not as much of a stretch as you were stretching your neck to try to measure up to. <laughs> yeah, home, had, but still, we I had mean, trolls on Twitter like this guy's trying to stretch his neck to be as tall as him. I'm like, the guy's six foot five. Yes, I will stretch my neck as long as I want. But he he was extremely nice. And again. I really, I don't want to put words in his mouth. It felt like he wasn't used to people recognizing him. This must be a new thing going from well, being I mean, a he five ERA in Pittsburgh, of yeah. a, a middle relief pitcher. And it's funny you mentioned opening day because that was one of the only times he let up an earned run. I actually recently watched just some, hi- I don't know why, it, I just randomly was watching some highlights of games the other day. And I randomly watched opening day. Clay Holmes at, on opening day came in in the sixth inning. He was our sixth inning guy on opening right, day. Yeah. So it's crazy to see with Loisaga out, Chapman out, Green done for the year, how this bullpen really hasn't skipped a beat. Yeah. Uh, well, look, uh, the, the bullpen has been great. He has been the best part of it. Uh, I, I just would dispute. Like, if you say to me, I'm a diehard Yankee fan, but I don't know what – I wouldn't recognize Clay Holmes if I ran into him. Uh, I, then I would say that, that that second point negates the first point. I don't think you can be a – this is not football where the guy's wearing a helmet. You don't really – you see the guy, you know, fairly regularly if you're watching Taylor! Yankee games. That's Lawrence By the Taylor! way, Gordon, if you go to that picture of Jake and Clay Holmes, it yeah. feels like Jake's cheesing a little too hard. He's what? Too too hard? Cheesing too yeah, hard. Cheesing too hard. I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not aware of that. You got to smiling too hard. I'm like, dude, save that hard. for wifey. He's that's got a, a little, nice looking girlfriend. I think that's a weird take on Ty. I'm not allowed to smile no, from meeting him. No, he's excited. Yeah, no, it's excited. not that you're not allowed to smile. It's just it's a little too much. I think if Ty ran into Clay Holmes or any Yankee or any Laker or any Jet, a big one on the street. Just go look at the smile on, on Jake's face. I'm sorry that I was happy that I met one of the best pitchers in baseball. A little too much. All right. Well, all right. Well, I'll take a look at the photo. I've seen the photo, and uh, it did. It, I have to be honest. When I so saw the I comment about your neck, it did, did kind of jump out at yeah, me. I was, was going to yeah, say it's that's, that's a fair point there. People are ready. criticizing my looks. Just appreciate that. You know, you could walk down the streets of Manhattan and walk into exactly. one of the best pitchers in all of baseball. Well, what, exactly. what we've learned is that and by far the best closer in New York. Not very appreciative. So you all want right. them to, to appreciate that. All right, 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Uh, and uh, more people are chiming in and saying that uh, Jake is, is lying this morning, that uh, he uh, did uh, tell Dave how much he loved him and everything else last week. So uh, we might have to find the audio. I, I don't know how deep you can go into the archives while the show is going on, but uh, that seems to be the case. Let's get a couple more calls in here. 1-800-919-ESPN is the uh, telephone number. Let's go to uh, D is in Port Washington. D, what's going on, my friend? Gordon, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm good. What's up? Oh, good. You know what I was saying? I don't understand. I understand why the Knicks fans are upset. Like, we didn't do much. We didn't do right. anything, actually. But no, we did nothing. A lot of the thing that a lot of things that I, what I was thinking about is I understand they're trying to get cap room and stuff, and maybe go after Brunson or 
whatever to try to get players that can help us now. But wasn't that one of the main things that last year that or with Thibodeau always gets his chops broken for is because he doesn't let the young guys play and let them develop. So you don't think that he kind of has a stamp on that as well? It's like, why am I going to draft somebody this year in the first round because we're going to have to pay them, which is going to take up cap space, and that he's not going to really end up playing till the end of the year with significant minutes because I'd rather use that pick and get more picks in case you get another disgruntled star that wants to get out of where they're at. Now we have four or five first-round picks that we could throw at them to get somebody who Thibodeau could play right now because he's not, he doesn't want to play these, these young rookies. He'd rather use those picks or use that money and get players that can, he can play as soon as he can. You know what I'm saying? So it's like I, I can see why he wouldn't want to get a, a, a rookie that – because if he has another bad season, I can see him, people calling for the axe. You know what I mean? So he's probably yeah, no, one I, I mean, look, up right now. I mean, it doesn't take much imagination to envision that because D, people were doing that this past season, and that's after year one where they went to the playoffs and exceeded everybody's expectations. But I would simply say that that – that might be what Tom Thibodeau wants, but then that's a flaw in your initial plan to bring in Tom Thibodeau because the Knicks are not a win-now team. And there should be, yes, when, when you're a new regime, you want to establish some, some floor uh, of credibility. And I think the Knicks did that in year one. I, I know they did that by overachieving, and I don't know that that's repeatable. But it, the goal should not just be about, hey, let's not embarrass ourselves. The, goal, the overall goal was, should be, hey, how can we become a true contender? And by capping out and maxing out on, on nice players. You know, Julius Randle is a nice player. Um, uh, Jalen Brunson is a nice player. And overpaying what those guys are worth, leaving yourself with no flexibility moving forward... Um, that's not a very good plan. And that's a plan that the Knicks have done before. Like the idea of, hey, we're not going to win a championship anyway. Let's just put together a team that's going to get into the playoffs and see if we can make some noise. That plan has failed countless, countless times. Countless times. And I just like, like every once in a while, can't we have a new plan? Can't we try something different where you actually go and, and build it from the ground up? Because that has that, I'll tell you one thing, that plan has not been tried. That plan has not been tried. Lonnie is in Harlem. Lonnie, what's going on, my friend? What's going on, Uncle Damon? Uncle Damon, how's everything? I'm good, Lonnie. How are you? Now, Lonnie, are you still, uh, are you still giving me a hard time because I did not, uh, did not uh, pay enough attention to you at the celebrity softball game two years ago? Have we buried the axe on that one? Come on, baby. It's all love. Damn, uh, you know I was only busting your, your chops a little bit. Yeah. And I'm here to stir the pot with Jake a little bit because, Jake, come on, baby. Don't be a fraud. You know what you said last week. Interesting. Interesting. Jake, any response? Hey, hey, hey. I would love to hear from Lonnie, who is a great listener. Audio, because he was on the board, he probably deleted the audio. <laughs> is that what I did? I deleted the audio. I don't know if that's possible. <laughs> yes, Lonnie, explain to well, me more. What, I, what else did I do? Well, wait, wait, wait. Oh, no, 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 no. Listen, I'm not saying you, you, you said a little bit too much. All I'm saying is you did say you did like Dave Moore, and you are right, Jake. Dave likes to, you know, put people on the spot. Like Cousin Todd said, it's his insecurity, but we all have to love Dave because it's, it's Dave. Once again, I just want to, I also want to say, Dame, you, you already know, Monday through Friday, just be ready for the company tweets. And um, I'm done. All right, Lonnie. Thank you, my friend. Your, your phone is starting to crap out there so we had to get ready um well look jake i i've i've seen a lot you know usually this is something that you know 
one side will say one thing, one side will say the other. There's been no one so far who has come to your defense. I mean, that's fair. And Lonnie does listen to the station a lot. He's a great yep. listener. So if he says I said it, and apparently I also deleted the audio of it, knowing a week later that this would be the topic of conversation. Lying to cover up your truth. <laughs> exactly. I'm ahead of the game. All right, 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number, 1-800-919-3776. We talk Knicks. We'll continue to talk Knicks throughout the show. But up next, Aaron Judge has con- – they figured out a deal for Aaron Judge's contract this year. There was no punches thrown. There were no weapons drawn. And uh, look at that. They worked out a new contract for this season, and the Yankee season keeps rolling along. <laughs> You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. Yes, it is the uh, Gordon Damer filling in for Dave Rothenberg on the Dave Rothenberg Show. 1-800-919-ESPN is the uh, telephone number. And, uh, I mean, if you've missed the first hour, you've missed a lot. But 1030, we will still do Stump Rothenberg. So get ready for that. Now, I, I don't like to put any rules. Obviously, Dave is an expert at trivia. I am not. I'm not really... I don't know that I'm an expert necessarily in any one specific area. Film. Um, I would say movies, for sure. Yeah, well, look, I would say if you want to make it an entertaining segment, I would keep it to what my interests are. And my interests are generally, you know, it's going to be sports. That That's for sure. No hockey. I, I got to be gonna honest. say, you're not breaking down the uh, NHL no, no. Stanley Cup? Nah. I, I'll be honest. <laughs> nah. I heard the, uh, the, uh, the update there. I think it was the first one uh, before the show started, and they were talking about the Stanley Cup final. And I was like, wow, that's still going on. They're still doing Let's that, do huh? that hockey. That's a great series. I mean, the Lightning now 3-0 and in facing elimination. I thought that was the lead today. No. no. Unbelievable. <laughs> I was not. I was not. Although I did kind of wonder, like, if you're a Ranger fan, and in solidarity with the Ranger fan, that's why I'm boycotting the rest of the NHL playoffs. It's not that I'm not interested in it. It's that, uh, you know, it's very painful for the Ranger fans. So since I don't really have a team, I figured that I would um, – you know, sign up with them and just kind of avoid it as a topic altogether. I don't want to bring up, you know, I'm not like Dave. Dave would like to, you know, if you have a little cut, he likes to put a little salt in that wound. That's not me. That's not me. But I'm wondering for the Ranger fan, are you rooting for the Lightning to win? Because then you can say, hey, at least we lost the team that won it all. Or are you saying, is that too painful? I never I quite it, understood that, Gordon. What, the, the, the rooting for the team that yeah, beat you? Just, well, just there are people s- that do it. Just because I don't understand it and I don't agree with it, I can put myself in the, the shoes of other people and realize that but there I are just, people out there like that. I just never gravitated toward this idea that I feel better about losing to this team because they went on to win the title. Because it, what, what it also means is that had you not lost it, maybe you win the title. Like you were, if you well, were good enough I'm, to beat the team that won the title, there's always going to be pain in it, right? You lost, right? It always ends badly. Otherwise, it wouldn't end. But I can, I, I don't agree with it. Like once my team is out, I want whoever. When I, my team is knocked out, I want whoever I know the most people of that is still in the playoffs. I want that team to get knocked out. So like if the Yankees lost the Royals, say, I would be fine with that because I don't know any Royals fans. But if they lost to the Red Sox, that would be far worse because the Red see, Sox, hey, how, but I know a lot more Red Sox fans. But that's how rivalries are created, right? Like the Knicks last year losing to the Hawks in five in the playoffs. You hated yeah. Atlanta. You didn't want to see them have any, 
I think uh, as a Nick fan, mostly you just kind of hate yourself. I think that's that's really the true enemy. No, but you, just, you hated Trey Young. You, 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 you despised that team. You didn't want to see yeah. them win. The Yankees Astros became a thing because we kept losing to them in the playoffs. We didn't want to see them win, and then they right. cheated. And but they bef- only, that's the only way they can win. <laughs> they cheated. Like it, I, that. That's how real like fan rivalries are created. Rooting against teams that beat you in the postseason, not rooting for them to win a championship, just so you can say. Well, well maybe you you might win. be able to make the argument that. By taking yourself out of it for a minute, it's it's the sign of a more elevated sports fan psyche to 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 remove yourself from it and say, well, you know what, the better team won, and I should now be rooting for the team that conquered us. No, I no, don't, I, I don't agree with that. Either, no, it's but. because like, you, but you'd have to agree that there are people out there that yes, feel this way. Yes, okay. there are a lot of people, and this is why I say I never understood that because I hear it a lot. Like a lot of yeah, people say, I think it's dumb too. I, I want them to win. Those people but are big. They robbed you of happiness. They robbed right. you of joy. Yes, of course. Uh, speaking of robbing us of joy, it feels like there are certain, I guess, media members, Met fans, people out there who are trying to rob the Yankee fan of the joy that is this season. And uh, I, I got to be honest with you, it has almost become comical at this point. And the latest example of it was this week with Aaron Judge set for his arbitration hearing. You would have thought, as I mentioned in the open, that the Yankees and Aaron Judge were going to draw pistols blindfolded at 10 paces to, 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 <laughs> to solve this. And look at that. Before the arbitration hearing took place, much to the chagrin of many people, the Yankees and Aaron Judge came together they split the difference, and they worked out the deal. It's the best thing for the Yankees by far because winning the arbitration hearing, if, if you're the team going up against a guy who's been your best player who's set for a free agency year after this year is up, I, I think that that's still a loss to be saving yourself even $4 million. And it's a better thing for Judge because he definitely locked himself in at a better contract than he might have gotten if it had gone to arbitration. I will say this, and maybe I'm completely misreading the situation. There is not a single Yankee fan I know that is focused one iota on Judge's contract after this season. Not one. There's not a single Yankee, and I have conversations with Yankee fans all day long, that says to me, well, yeah, last night's win was great. That comeback was fantastic. This pitcher's performance was great. The, the, uh, the bullpen locked it down. But boy, oh boy, really worried about Judge and where he's going to play next year. I, have not heard, I, I do not have a single person that I talk to that feels that way. Now, look, nobody wants to lose Aaron Judge. He's having an MVP season and his contract after the year, whatever it will turn out to be. We'll have to wait and see. Is he here? Is he someplace else? I get it. But there's not a single person I know who says, boy, I'd really like to enjoy this season, but this Aaron Judge contract, it's just hanging over my head. It's hanging over the team. It's this giant black cloud. Can you believe we're going to lose Aaron Judge? And I get it. The Yankees, the Yankees have made this This season has been so ridiculous that the conversation about the regular season is moot. Right when you got like a thirteen-game lead in the middle of June, it, it, he, he can't be breaking down wins and losses at that point because it's just outrageous how good they've been. So it has to be about other things. Well, you know, it's the trade deadline. It's the it's the judge contract. It's judges arbitrate. It's Joey Gallo. 
It's, uh, well, you know, with the season, this was one that was a hot topic there for a little bit. Well, you know, the, the hot start that they've gotten off to, they're now going to have to go out and win a World Series to cap the, they've always had to win a World Series. Since they got to the, what was it, 2017, they got to the Game 7 of the ALCS. We've been waiting for them to win a World Series. They always have to cap off the season with a World Series. Otherwise, it's the disappointment. That's, that's the pain of losing that deep into the playoffs. As you know, you have to go further eventually, and the Yankees have not gone further eventually. And it's not just about getting to a World Series. they got to win a World Series. So I'm glad that the arbitration hearing was, uh, was, was avoided, and they, they, both sides can work out a deal. And we can just get through now the regular season, which clearly the Yankees are rolling through as the best team in baseball by far. We'll see what happens at the trade deadline. And then we'll focus on when the playoffs roll around. I, I get it. it's been a fantastic season that you just want to immediately jump to the next step. But I got to be honest with you. I don't know a single Yankee fan who when these when they're rolling up 15 straight wins at home or series win after series win that is saying to themselves, oh my God, this is all well and good, but did you hear? Aaron Judge is going to be a free agent after the season. It's not, it, it's not a concern. And I'll be honest with you, it's not going to be the deal that a lot of you people are bringing up. Like, I, I mean, the, the, the numbers... I, I get it. Aaron Judge has been so good this year, and he's clearly going to be the MVP. He's going to be the MVP so much so that you can't even really make the case for someone else being the MVP. And that's the only way Yankees win you know, these season-ending awards, when you cannot le- legitimately vote for anybody else. If it's a close vote, they won't win. We've seen that time and time again. But even as great as Judge has been... It's not going to be the contract that a lot of, oh, they're going to pay him 10 years, uh, 40, $400 million. Oh, you know what? Just pay him $50 million a season. Look, when the season ends, if somebody wants to ridiculously overpay and the Yankees end up losing Aaron Judge, I, you know, at the end of the day, I think I'll be all, it'll sting. I get it, but I, I, I think I'd be all right with it. Because when you look at great all-time players, and players who put up numbers like Judge, go look at Albert Pujols. Look at where his drop-off came. When you look at Miguel Cabrera, look at where his drop-off... Those guys don't generally have the same numbers through age 33, 34, 35. And look at the highest contracts of all time. They're almost always mistakes. Pujols, Cabrera, uh, Joey Votto, A-Rod second deal. So I've always said, since this whole thing came at opening day, he turned down the contract, the most likely scenario is that Judge will re-sign with the Yankees, and it will happen in the same fashion as the arbitration hearing. There's all this gloom and doom, oh my God, it's going to be this, it's going to be that, and they'll work out a deal, because it's in the best interest of both sides. I think it's in the best interest of the Yankees to keep what has been a, a uh, you know, Probably the best player they've had since Jeter retired. I don't even know if that's really all that close. Uh, Homegrown Yankee represents the brand in the perfect way. Instantly recognizable. Is going to finally, unless he gets completely jobbed, win an MVP rightfully, finally. Should have been a second one, but okay, fine. Uh, And then you pay that guy and you keep him as your... And I think it's in the best instance of ever Aaron Judge. I think that there's there's, a, a little added bonus of being a lifelong Yankee and having your number retired and being in Monument Park, which it seems like Judge is on his way to having that type of career. I think it 
it it it just makes both it makes most sense for both sides. But if that doesn't happen, if some team comes out and wants to ridiculously overpay, I know this is not a very popular thing to say, but I think at the end of the day, I kind of trust the Yankees to do the right thing. I think I, I trust the Yankees to make the right deal. And that's not to say that Brian Cashman's made the right deal all the time or 100% that I agree with him. Clearly, he's made mistakes. When you're on the job 25 years, mistakes are made. And the last time the Yankees were in this position with Robinson Cano, they made a mistake not by not re-signing Cano, but taking that money and then going signing Jacoby Ellsbury. That was a disaster. But I think at the end of the day, it will be much like the way the arbitration hearing pulled out. There'll be all this doom and gloom. And at the end of the day, the two sides will make a deal. So I don't think that there's a bunch of Yankee fans that are all concerned about judges' contract while this season is playing out. But if they are, I think that that's probably the way it'll play out. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. He's pompous. Listen, shut up, and I'll tell you the story. He's arrogant. Do you think there's a lot of things out there that I wouldn't be good at? And sometimes he's downright mean. I know you know what that's like, to be that uncomfortable, pimply-faced, not very popular kid. (laughs) But now it's your chance to prove him wrong. It's dumb. Call 800-919-3776 with your question, and let's stump Dave Rothenberg. And he's already been stumped because he's not here today. Uh, no, it's Gordon Damer filling in for Dave Rothenberg, 98.7 FM. And I should tell you, more important than anything else, Stump Rothenberg on 98.7 ESPN is brought to you by Slomans. All right, so we're only doing one segment of this. I'll tell you that right now because uh, I'm not good at it. And uh, we'll run through the best that we have right here. Get the heavy hitters ready to go, and we'll see if we can uh, at least come out. Uh, to me... 500 is a good, this is, I have the expectations of the Mets. Like the Mets go on a road trip and it's like, oh, you know, as long as they do okay, it'll be fine. I have diminished expectations. So that's what we're looking for today. Just simply to maybe go 500, that would be good by me. I know that that's not the standard, but let's start it off. Now I will ask Ty, Ty, is there any one of these people that you think uh, I should be going to first? Not first, but I will say that, uh, the second guy, that's a tough question, man. It's a real tough one. The second guy, that would be Joe? Yeah, that's a All tough right, let's one. Let's stay away from Joe, then. Let's start out with Sal and Duchess. Sal, you're first up on Stump Rothenberg, my friend. Good morning. I hey, hope Sal. mine is easy. All right. Uh, this, it's a movie. If you're not familiar with the movie, let me know. I'll give you something different, okay? Right, what's a the League movie? of Their Own. A League of Their Own, okay. Okay. There was... Two girls on the uh, Rockford Peaches that play the same positions and have the same numbers as New York Yankees. Oh, my God. Do you know who they are? There's two girls on the Rockford Peaches? Yes. Who have the same number as 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 current Yankees or all-time Yankees? Uh, Those numbers, I'll give you a hint. The numbers are retired. Okay, so Yankee retired numbers, and there's two people, two girls on that roster. Position and same numbers. They play the same positions as the retired Yankees. They play the same positions? And the same number, yes. 
They have the same position and the same numbers. I don't really think I know that movie well enough. Okay, um, do you want me to give you a yeah, give me question? A, I mean, that's a terrible question. Go ahead, Sal. Give you me a I'll say right now, Sal, this is for Ty. If you would have put that question up for Dave, that would you would have gotten. No, Dave got it. Dave got it. I I gave it to him on a Wednesday. He got it. I'll give it to you. It's Madonna with number five and Joe DiMaggio. It's Henson, which was played by Gina Davis with Yogi Berra. They're both number eight and number five. All right. Okay. Uh, Sitcom. Do you know Friends? Sure. Okay. We'll go with friends. Okay, Chandler Bing. Chandler Bing. Right. Okay. What is his middle name? Chandler Bing's middle name. Oh, God. I was always more of a Seinfeld fan. Um, I could give you a different... No, uh, no, 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 no. no. We're, we're flipping around here. Um, was it, it was a woman's name, right? Wasn't it like a woman's name or something like that? Yes. Was it Mariel or Muriel or... Uh, yeah, you got it, Muriel. Muriel, okay. I remember it was a woman's name. All right, there we go. We're off and running. So Not, we, not the strongest start in the world? 0-1? How do you figure 0-1? Well, because you got the question wrong. What are you talking about? I said it was Muriel. He said it was Muriel. He said I got it right. Well, with the numbers. I, we, we changed that question. I didn't try to get that question. He said, if I want another question, I can have another question. I know, but are we counting So I took that? it up. No, okay. that's not. Right. That's a pass. I, I, good I'm, Lord. I'm just, ask, good. I'm just that's asking. That's ridiculous. That's one and oh. I'm just asking. Don't, don't try to screw me, buddy. Don't this is this would never fly with Dave. You wouldn't do this to Dave. <laughs> All right, lo- look and, at you. Look at your love for Dave is still it's still so ingrained in you. Oh, You're just man. trying to run me well, down. If we're gonna do the Dave thing, uh, yeah. Dave would never pass on a question. He'd either answer well, it correctly. Well, if or the person a- I didn't ask to pass on the question, the caller brought up, would you if you would if you don't know this movie, and I don't know it that well. That uh, you can pass on the question. I'll give you something let's, else. Let's he have, gave me the option. I didn't have, ask for the option. He the, gave it to let's me. Let's have the caller also book guests and program the rest of the show. We should do well, that. Well, considering, uh, have you booked any guests today? <laughs> well, you didn't want any guests today. <laughs> I, well, you're saying that you're doing all this stuff. <laughs> that's very let's strange have way to go. The rest of the show. Let's have, right, have uh, a lot of calls. Let's get to yeah, the calls. Chris please. is in Beth Page. Chris, you're next up on uh, Stump Rothenberg. Hey, hey, hey Chris. Yeah, what's going on, pal? Hey. Uh, first of all, shout out to Jake Montgomery who went to Shamanon High School, great all school right. in Long Island. I, did, I went there too, so big yep. shout out. That's where he Anyhow, learned to grow um, his neck. Yep. Yep. Mm. Um, right. Now I'm going to give you a question that I stumped Dave on about three years ago. Let's oh, see how God. you do with it. Go. Okay. All right, give it to me. All right, which NFL franchise has sent the most coaches to coach a Super Bowl? At the most different coaches coaching the Super Bowl. The most different coaches or the most coaching appearances in most a Super Bowl? Most different coaches. Most different coaches. All right. Now, you're talking about head coaches, or are you talking about assistant coaches, coaches that have head gone coaches. on? Head coaches. Head coaches. You got it. Head coaches. I mean, it's, this would seem pretty simple. Um, the most head co- – I don't know if I'm, if I'm understanding the question properly. You're just saying which NFL team has had the head coach the most times in the Super Bowl? Right. Well, different. There's been different head coaches. This franchise has sent the most amount of different head coaches to coach a Super Bowl, whether he won or lost. So he's been coaching for that team. 
Exactly. Hmm. The most different coaches. The most so just so you coaches. know, New England is sent two, right? Bill right, Bob, right, Bob, right, Bob. right, right. That's see, that's oh, what I was uh, like. You're saying like most, yeah. Um, no, they only sent two. Hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to think of uh, Niners. They've had a bunch of different ones, but is that the most? Um, Steelers have basically had the three guys. Cowboys? I can give you a question from friends if you'd like. No, I, I, I'm going to stick right, with right. this, Chris, because I don't want to get. I don't. I don't. Don't right. offer me things that I can't accept, and then I'll, I'll, I'll get uh, blamed for it uh, anyway. Okay. I, I gotta think it's either the Cowboys or the Niners. I mean, the Vikings went to four. Is the same coach? Bill, same coach. Um. Raiders went to a bunch of Super Bowls. Different head coach. That was Tom Flores, the first two. (sighs) Most coaches. I'm going to say, well, the Niners. I'm going to say, it's got to be the Cowboys or Niners. I'm going to, my first instinct was the Niners, but I'm going to say the Cowboys. Final answer, Cowboys. Yeah. It's the Denver Broncos. Sent Denver five Broncos. Coaches. Ah, that was a blind spot. I didn't even think of the Broncos. Damn it. All right. One and one. What can you do? Uh, all right. Uh, next up, let's go to the, the, the real hammer here. Joe is in Staten Island. Joe, you're next up on Stump Rothenberg. All right. Can you name the first player born in 2000s, in the 2000s, to hit a home run in the MLB? First player born in 2000, in the 2000s. What do we, what do we call it? The, the, the new century. Um, to hit a home run in MLB. <sighs> Tell you this. B- born in New York, local kid. Higashidoka. Um, I want to say it was the kid on the Nationals. Oh, God. What was his name? Was it Garcia? I'm not sure. Pedro Garcia? Luis Garcia? Luis Garcia is correct. Yay! There we go. All right. There we go. Every once in a while, I'll nail one. Now, do, we, do I get points off because I said Pedro Garcia there, Ty? Is that? And that's the one you said was really difficult, right? Yeah, that was that was a tough one. See? Good for you, every man. Once, every once in a while. Now I'm like uh, I'm like uh, Will Ferrell in uh, in uh, in old school. Now I'm exhausted. I, I can't do anything the rest of the show. I've used all my brain power on that. All right, let's get one more in here. Dion is in Queens. Dion, my friend, you're next up on Stump Rothenberg. Hello, Gordon. Um, I have a TV show question. Okay, TV show. I love TV shows. And regarding is it Muriel? Is it Muriel? Oh, sorry. No, that was the last one. Go ahead. <laughs> No, this is uh, A-Team. Um, on the A-team, A-team? Oh, the God. Here we go. All right, go the ahead. character B.A. Baracus. Uh-huh. In regards to the character's first name, what does the B stand for? B.A. Um, B.A. Bon- oh, God. This is... 
What does the BA stand for? NBA Bonk. Uh, I don't know that I know that one. I don't think it was a it was an actual name. Um, um do, 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 do. Oh, it's LaVisca? No, it's not LaVisca. That wouldn't make any sense. <laughs> uh it, was it was it bad attitude? Was that what the BA stood for? I, I don't know that I know, but I'll say bad attitude. It would be wrong because B stands for Bosco, his real name. Bosco, damn it. <clears throat> yeah, all right, Dion, you got me there. You got me there, my friend. I don't I, I, I don't have I mean like uh, I think you would be more worried about me if I knew that. Like if I were walking around with that information in my head and yet I couldn't find my car keys, I feel like that would really be an indictment of who I was as a person. Uh, all right, let's get uh, one more here. Kalen is in Greenwich. Kalen, your final up here on Stump Rothenberg. These are terrible right, questions, so by the way. But go ahead, Kalen. You're going to save been, the segment right here. I can, I can sense it. All right. There have been 10 rookies in NBA history to average 17-5-5. Five five. Some of them have been Oscar Robertson, Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, Grant Hill, LeBron James. Who did it most recently? 17 players. Give it to me again. What, is it? what was it? 10, 10 players, players, 17, 5, and 5? Yes, sir. Most recent one, I think it was Kate Cunningham, right? That is correct. Hey, there we go. All right. I'll take it. I'll take it. 3 and 2 with some just awful, just awful questions. But that's a win. We'll chalk that. We'll, we'll throw those on the pile. And that was another successful. Now, were you impressed in any way? Tie. No, I was very impressed, especially with the uh, the baseball question that I teed up as one. Right, that would be you, you teed it up as being very difficult, and but impossible. Um, yeah, but I mean, I gave you your props. I said when it came to movies and obviously mm-hmm. sports, and I got uh, a TV question wrong. You tried to you tried to cancel out another one on me, and <laughs> I, I, I listen. I got I got to put I, the foot down. I, I I gotta challenge you because actually, what people should know is you've done this segment a, a number of times. You're actually one of the Best performers, like as a fill-in for Dave, you're right. one of the best performers. Look at that. So I got to give you credit, man. You still don't love me. Yeah, we were close to Dave. You, you have the- to, you have to pledge allegiance to Dave, but it's still good. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. I'm Gordon Damer, filling in for Dave, and this portion of the Dave Rothenberg Show is brought to you by Superbook Sports. Superbook Sports is live in New Jersey. Visit Superbook.com. For all the latest odds and promotions, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Well, now on Saturday, you know the Saturday staple on Dave's show is, of course, Stump Rothenberg. He does it every week at 1030. You know it. You love it. Well, on Saturday afternoon, you may not be aware that when I'm usually on at 3 o'clock, on 5 o'clock-ish, we usually do a new segment, what I call What I Learned on TikTok. And as I explained, as a 51-year-old man, I spend way too much time on that TikTok app. So what I do is I take the pieces of information that I learn in a given week, and I put them into this segment called What I Learned on TikTok, how it works. I'll give you four pieces of information, one of which is absolutely 100% true. Three, I have just concocted out of my own deviant, demented mind. Three of them are completely made up. One is true, and you have to find what is the actual fact 
of the four options. And uh, just to give you an idea, Ty Butler, I think you'll probably go first to kind of give you your initiation. Oh, man. And, and to nervous. put you at ease, uh, one of the pieces of information I gave, I believe it was Brian, was, uh, and this was obviously a false one, that paper towels got their name because back in the day, you would pay per towel. <laughs> they were a nickel each, and you would get like this terry cloth piece of towel, and that's how they got. It was not because they were pay per towels. That's funny, though. That's good. So that if that puts you at ease that you can't possibly do, I think that that's the worst answer ever given. That one was so silly. I was laughing as I wrote it as an option, and I believe, I don't, I'm not positive, but I believe, Brian, that was the first one he went to of the four. It's not a great moment for Brian. Not a great moment for Brian McGee. All right, do you think you're ready, Tom? I, I think I'm as ready as I'll ever be. All right, let's hit the music for what I learned on TikTok this week. And if you want to get involved, you certainly can. 1-800-919-ESPN. We only ask, and we're going to do the honor system. Don't be looking it up. Don't be on your phone. Don't be on your computer. Just go straight. That was what, that's what makes this segment fun. If you look it up, that kills all the joy. That kills all the fun. Don't be that. Don't steal the sunshine from the segment that is what I learned on TikTok. All right, Ty Butler. Let's do it, baby. Let's do it. All right, first up. Number one, I'll give you the four. Okay. You think about it. I'll recap the four for the listening audience, and then we'll, we'll pick them off. And if you get the first one wrong, we'll keep going until you get it right. Okay. Sound good? Sounds great. All right. First one, the fire pole was created due to the amount of injuries firemen suffered running downstairs. Number two, in Philadelphia in 1920, there was an actual masked superhero who called himself the donkey. <laughs> and news reports were partial inspiration for Batman cartoons. And comics. Number three, when frightened, lizards instinctively run west. Or number four, sharks are older than trees. Okay, so to recap, again, the fire pole created because of the amount of injuries firemen suffered running down the stairs. Number two, Philadelphia 1920, an actual mass superhero called himself the donkey. Number three, <laughs> When frightened, lizards instinctively run west. Or number four, sharks are older than trees. So, Ty, which one are you thinking? Can I do a process? I, I'm going to eliminate. Well, that's what they tell you. Now, Brian and, and Jacob, they do the process of elimination. It has not helped them. It has not helped them. Yeah, I'm but if you can cross off two and, and just battle between two, I'm going to eliminate the fire pole one because it's it sounds so, like, reasonable right that, that it, it has to be that. that it can't be mad so right. i'm gonna cross that one off the okay, list okay cross it off i i also don't believe that sharks are older than trees cross it off so there i'll you cross go. that one off the okay list. um so now you're down to uh the donkey the the, the mass superhero from philadelphia 1920 or lizards <laughs> instinctively run west those are your options oh man that's a tough one i'm gonna go with lizards instinctively run west Okay, you're going to lock it in. Lock that one in, baby. Ty Butler, off and wrong. No, you're wrong right out of the bat. No, uh, lizards, they, they, there's no instincts there. They're just stupid little lizards. They run anywhere they can. Uh, so that's not true. I just made that one up. Uh, so now you're down to, well, you've got Philadelphia 1920, um, unless you want to revise and, and go with the other two. Uh, but to recap, fire pole created because of the amount of injuries firemen suffered running down the stairs. Uh, Philadelphia the mass superhero named the donkey or sharks are older than trees. <laughs> I guess that might be because I can't go back on the two I crossed off. Right. That's why you crossed I them off. I have to be committed to uh, right. my exercise. I'm just going to go with the whole 1920s debacle. Right. The mass superhero who nicknamed himself the donkey and that those news reports were partial inspiration for the uh, comic uh, Batman. Yeah. Let's go with Locked that. Locked in. Lock it in. 
Oh, Brian and uh, and and Jacob, they have uh, some company now. You are zero for two, my friend. So, <laughs> so now you're down to the two that you uh, crossed, off crossed off immediately. Your, your first instinct: cross these o- that cannot possibly be true. <laughs> now those are your only options left. So to All recap right. again, it's either the fire pole or the sharks are older than trees. All Which right, one? So do you listen, I, I refuse to believe this fire pole thing. Like it's okay. just it's too good to be true. Too good to be true. It's like so obvious. Mm-hmm. I've got to go with the uh, sharks are older than trees. Sharks are older than trees. You're, you're gonna lie. Lock that one in. Lock it. Yes, you eventually got it right. Yes, sharks are actually older than trees. Wow. Yeah. So here's my thing, man. Like, I, what I find so fascinating about this, you make it so believable. Like the whole lizard instinctive thing right. sounds like it could be true. Yeah. Like, I don't know how I can make any money on this, but like, I don't it's know a segment on a show. I don't know if you follow uh, on Twitter. It's like Uber Facts. Uh-huh. Every day they just give you like a random yes. fact to it. Like that sounds like something I, I would see tweeted out. It's lizards instinctively run to us. Right. <laughs> that just sounds so believable. Hey, look at that. That's West. Hey, let's go follow the lizard. <laughs> not not that they know it's West. Right. But, but just, just instinct. Yeah, right. Yeah, like, they're in the de- You know, they're in the hot climates. Who knows what they They're following the sun. Who knows? It sounded realistic. I like that one. I thought that, that, that was a pretty said, good one. No, they're just dumb. <laughs> they're just dumb. They're just dumb lizards. They don't know. Wow, man. That's good. I love it. All right. All right. There's Ty. Uh, let's go to, uh, uh, well, let's get Jake involved here. Jake. Do we uh, have to? No, I'm just yeah, kidding. No, I do yes, love this Yeah, no. Let's do it. Segment. Come on. There's nothing like embarrassing yourself for thousands of people, you know? Nothing All right, better. Let me, let me get a good one for you here. Oh, uh, thanks. Some yeah, like get, a some good, get a good tough one because yep. even on the easy ones, you know, I don't struggle greatly. So. Okay. Here we go. You All ready? Right. Yes, I'm ready. Number one. Okay. Um, koala bears were originally carnivores but changed their diet uh, over time. Number two, the 1985 Bears song, the Super Bowl Shuffle, won a Grammy for Best Blues Performance. Number three, author Stephen King actually got to start writing for the Mr. Rogers Neighborhood Show. Or number four, Andrew Jackson's parrot was kicked out of his funeral for cursing too much. So there you go. There's your four options. Again, koalas were originally carnivores. The 85 Bears, the song Super Bowl Shuffle, won a Grammy for Best Blues Performance. Stephen King, creepy old Stephen King, got to start writing for Mr. Rogers Neighborhood. Or Andrew Jackson's parrot was kicked out of his funeral for cursing. All right, Gordon. Yep. As always, I am not confident with any of these Now, are you answers. crossing any off? Are you well, eliminating anything? This is Ty's first time on the segment. I've learned yeah. that crossing them off does absolutely nothing. Nothing. Because, yes, nothing. either way, when you think right. that something's too easy, oh, like, this is that makes too much sense. That doesn't help. Oh, this one's so absurd and outrageous. That doesn't help. So there's really no strategy to avoid embarrassing yourself, but I'm about to do that. I'm okay. going to go with looking at this list. We are ESPN, a sports radio station. I'm going to say the Super Bowl Shuffle, the Bears Super Bowl song, actually won a Grammy. Okay. You're going to lock it in. Hesitantly, I am locking it in. All right. I I will tell you, whenever anybody tells me uh, that they're crossing something off and I know that that's the right answer, nothing brings me more joy. Nothing brings me more joy than when they immediately cross something off and they, they immediately cross off the right answer. Um, so you're locking in the 85 Bears Super Bowl shuffle, won a Grammy. Jake, no, you're wrong. It was actually not, you're not that far off. It was nominated for two Grammys, uh, and it lost to, uh, it lost to Prince for, uh, I think it was 
best blues performance or something like that. But it lost to uh, Prince. Uh, I think it was Kiss. The song Kiss by Prince. It lost to that. So that's incorrect. I'm sorry. So just like them, I lost, basically. Yes, you, you lost. All right. But they, I mean, it's not that bad. I mean, that was relatively close to the truth, at least. But is this uh, horseshoes or hand grenades? No. Yeah. I, I don't. Hey, look, so. you take wins wherever you can get them. Uh, koalas, originally carnivores, Stephen King riding for Mr. Rogers, or Andrew Jackson's parrot are your three options. So the final one was Andrew Jackson's... Summer. Parrot was kicked out of his funeral for cursing. Wait, you're saying parrot like a, a, a bird? A bird. Yeah. Uh, I thought you said his parent. No, like, oh. parrot. His I bird. Like, That's his parrot. Pretty, I gotcha. Yeah. A parrot. Yeah. I, you know what? Let's go. I'm just, at this point, I'm guessing. Let's go with that. His parrot was kicked out of his funeral for cursing. Locking it in. Gordon Damer. Locking it in. Well, Jake, you nailed it. Yes, absolutely. Andrew Jackson's parrot apparently had a potty mouth. And they had to get the bird out of there because it just kept cursing out loud uh, a whole bunch of times. I will have to say this. That is the quickest that I've ever gotten ever. the answer. Yeah, correct. that's very good. And it's not even the first. It wasn't even the first try. Well, that, that's any, a win. Has, you has take wins ever, where you can find them. Has anyone ever got? I know. I mean, I think, after actually, Brian's paper towel. I think Jacob towel, actually did do it one time. There's I mean, you a, give him enough chances yeah, yeah. at some point. It's like Joey Gallo. You keep giving right. him at-bats. Yeah, sometimes get we, do, we do two segments of this. So, I mean, we just keep firing questions until they get one of them right. You know? Well, how do you go about kicking a parrot out of a funeral? That's fascinating. Yeah. Well, I don't know exactly why you bring the parrot to the funeral. I don't know that the well, parrot, parrot is necessarily in mourning. But... It's his parrot. I mean, he yeah. has to be there. Some people absolutely have to be at your funeral. Now, how do you think security felt like escorting the parrot out? You know, did they carry it on their shoulder? <laughs> did they, like, how, how did that happen? I, I'm not exactly sure. Did the parrot some, get some a Some stories are lost to time. Did the parrot get, like, a warning? I don't, I don't think he, just... he can warn a parrot. I think you just got to get a, you know, he just starts dropping F-bombs. You just got to get the parrot out what, of there. What kind of TikToks are you watching, my man? <laughs> Look, <laughs> this search for information never ends at the Damer household. <laughs> and that's the beauty of that algorithm. Things just pop up, man. You don't, you don't know what's going to pop up. Wow. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. All right, Anthony is in the mail truck. And, yeah, we've got people involved here. 1-800-919-ESPN is the uh, telephone number. Anthony is in the mail truck. Very loyal, what I learned on TikTok, participant. So, Anthony, I don't think you've done you, – you have not nailed anything on the first try. Correct, Anthony? No, Gordon. I, I don't think I've, I've nailed anything, honestly. Okay. Well, we'll give you a, a fresh question this week. You never know. This might be the one. Jake did very well. Ty did not do terribly for his first time. He didn't go 0 for 3. Uh, all right, here we go. First of all, Gordon, I just want to uh, I just want to shout out the two best producers on ESPN Radio, and that is Jake Montgomery and Ty D. Butler. Go ahead, oh, I thought you were going to say somebody else. Uh, I was going to say that would be a really nice swerve there. He said <laughs> no, R.J. Santillo no. and Andrew Gunlin. <laughs> nope. All right, here we go, Anthony. Uh, It's not going to get you any easier of a question. I can tell you that right now. Uh, All right, first up, the (laughs) first Nathan's hot dog eating contest in 1916 ended with someone choking to death. Number two, in the first draft of Back to the Future, Marty McFly traveled back in time in a refrigerator. Number three, Alexander Graham Bell originally suggested yo-ho as a standard greeting for when answering telephones. Or number four, in his divorce case, David Hasselhoff lost the copyright to the nickname The Hoff. So just to recap again, first Nathan's hot dog eating contest, 1916, ended with someone choking to death. 
Number two, uh, first draft of Back to the Future, Marty McFly, not a DeLorean. Instead, it was a refrigerator. Number three, Alexander Graham Bell suggested Yo-Ho as the standard greeting for when answering a telephone. And he would know. He created it. Uh, And number four, in his divorce case, David Hasselhoff lost the copyright to the nickname The Hoff. Anthony, what do you like? I'm going to go with the Alexander Graham Bell. Alexander Graham Bell originally suggested Yo-Ho as the standard greeting when answering the telephone. Lock it in? I respect that. Yeah, lock it in. Anthony, you've not gotten anything right on the first try, and you still haven't. That streak remains intact. No, he actually wanted to go with something like Ahoy, but uh, that was not uh, Yo-Ho. So I'm sorry. All right, we'll give you one more try, Anthony, because we've got to get on to other things. There are sports stuff that we have to tackle. Uh, First Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest, 1916, Death by Choking. Marty McFly traveling back in time in a refrigerator. Or David Hasselhoff lost the copyright to the nickname The Hoff. I'm going to go... David Hasselhoff, because it sounds like he, uh, you know. He's had some problems. Yeah. Anthony, 0 for 2, my friend. No, I'm sorry. uh, That is also incorrect. So now you got uh, Nathan's Hot Dogs and uh, Marty McFly. Uh, Nathan's Hot Dogs, because that sounds ridiculous. It does. So ridiculous, I made it up, Anthony. That's 0 for 3. I'm sorry, my friend. No, the first draft of Back to the Future, Marty McFly actually traveled back in time in a refrigerator. All right, let's do one more for for both Ty and and Jake. And just, um, let's see, do I have one more that would be good for you guys? Yeah, Yeah, I'm addicted. I'm addicted to this. Yeah, all right. That's good. That's what we like. Um, All right, here we go. First fax machine is older than California. Number two, Apollo 12 astronaut Pete Conrad was actually allergic to moon dust. Number three, the Queen of England owns all pheasants in uh, the British... In England, basically. Uh, And then number four, in... I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this word correctly. Grindelwald, Switzerland. It is illegal to own a rabbit unless you are a magician. What? Oh my God! What a maze this you, is! You, 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 and Ty and Jake, you, you can team up on this one. You can, you can each pick the same one. If you agree on one, uh, you could, you could go opposites and then see if one of you gets it right. You could do whatever you want. So, you but those st- are the four. You start. First, on, you yeah, first on fax one. machine is older than the state of California. Apollo twelve astronaut Pete Conrad was allergic to moon dust. Number three, the Queen of England owns all the pheasants in in England. And number four, in I think it's Grindelwald, Switzerland. It's a town in Switzerland. It is illegal to own a rabbit unless you are a magician. I'm going to say because you stumbled twice on the third option, we're yeah. going to eliminate that one. You're going to eliminate that one. Yeah, you All made right, it up. Cool. There's no way it's All true. Right. Sure. I'm going to go with the moon dust. Moon dust for Pete Conrad. Yeah. Jake, are you in agreement with Ty or are you going to go an opposite way? I was actually in agreement with Ty. But you know what? I am going to switch it up just a little bit to be a little different. All right. And give us 50% of a chance of getting it right. Right. That's that's the smart way to go. (laughs) Exactly. And we're still going to somehow get it wrong. I'm going to go with the Grindelwald. The Switzerland. The Switzerland. Yeah, it's illegal to own a rabbit unless you're a magician. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's the one I feel. I don't know. I feel good about that one, too. So let's. You feel good about that one. And And you picked another one. Yeah. You're both locking it in? We're both locking it in. 
You're both wrong. You're both. You're both. <laughs> oh, 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 and two. Was it the one I crossed off? <laughs> so now you're back again. To I, I said to you, when people cross it off right away, I love it. Uh, and then you have the Queen of England owns all the pheasants. May uh, I say one or, thing, Gordon? Yeah. With First Stump, with Stump Rothenberg, which again is a staple of the station. Of course. We still have some people call and say like, is he Googling? Is he cheating? Right. Anyone listening to this no, segment you know for knows sure that, that we're these not guys cheating, are not doing we anything. Have clearly. never gotten the question right. <laughs> they haven't prepared ahead of time, during, or really even after. It's so bad. Right, let's go with the fax machine. You're going with the fax machine. Are you sticking with that one, uh, Jake? Or are you going with Well, if I pick of, the other option, I feel right. like we've got everything will get it covered. Right. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with just to be sure that one of us gets it right. Because I don't want to embarrass us both by both Wait, getting it. Fax, uh, but that cannot be true. It might be. Fax machine? If is... Gordon learned it on TikTok, it might be true. I'm going to go with the, what is it, Queen of England the owns, Queen of England all, owns the all the pheasants. Yes. I mean, I've never seen any other English people with a pheasant, so maybe I'm going to go with that one. All right, yeah, I'll go with the fax machine. You're going to go with the fax machine. You're locking it in. Yes. Ty Butler, you nailed it, my friend. Yes, the first fax machine was actually, like, invented in 1864. Now, it didn't become regular, you know, uh, technology until much, much later. I've been in Yankee France in 1938. No, it's much older than that. The first fax machine, I'm not sure if it's 1864 or 1843. It's somewhere in the 1800s that that technology first was invented. So it is actually older than California. So, so there you go. second try. That's good. Yeah, that's not too bad. Well, look, you, you got the other one knocked out for you because you probably would have taken the rabbit magician thing. No, 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 you, no, no. If you no, would have no, given the not. option. I felt convicted about the fax no, machine. Oh, I don't know about that. But look, that is what we call what I learned on TikTok this week. I learned it, and now you have learned it too. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com.